Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Did they play two games between last pot and this one, or was it just the one? Just the one uh, yeah, they played two. They played the Spain game and oh, they did play the Spain well, game and uh, Slovenia. But I mean, you know, this is this is the one that sticks out. We can we can briefly yeah. like talk about Spain game, but it's pretty much a carbon copy between of Shay's games. Yeah, Spain one was just closer. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunting at Thunder Chess. We're part of the B-Wave Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. I'm joined by a couple of gentlemen on this podcast. I did not ask if they were ready. I literally just stopped in the middle of the conversation and introed the pod. So I hope they're ready. If And uh, yeah, yeah, you, you hear him talking. He's in the Batcave. He's not in the Batcave, actually. He's in the Batmobile. Um, he's taking a break from patrolling the streets of Gotham. He's not hosting your local radio station, but it is Alex Roig. Oh man, I was expecting an, another like great intro like I got last week. Like you, you get one. You get one. Hell, that's this it. is chopped liver. Like all right, okay. Hello, I have everybody. one. I have one prepared for Jerry, who was supposed to be on, but he said that one of his pools started leaking, so he had to go fix that. So. Um, oh, Jerry. Yeah, there you go. But also joining us, we have. The man, the myth, the legend, the underscone, Connor. What up, Cone? Not much, man. This these FIFA games have been kicking my butt. I can't lie. I got a bad sleep schedule, so I've been waking up for them and then taking a nap after they wrap up. And mm-hmm. this the next one coming up. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be. talk about that. It's going to be uh, rough because if y'all oh, didn't oh. know, oh, what's up, Alex? Oh, oh, oh the life of a self-made millionaire. I, I wish the millionaire part was true. I will, maybe someday we'll get there. But yeah, if y'all didn't know, um, if you're listening to this before the Canada and it's Serbia game, mm-hmm. that game is taking place Friday at 4.40 a.m. Eastern time. So I'm in the Eastern time zone. Me too. Yeah, so it's going to be rough. Um, but the good news is that 2K comes out that night. So I'll just stay up all night playing 2K and then I'll get to that point and oh I will God. be a zombie the entirety of Friday is currently my game plan. So it's, it's been a battle against the FIBA schedule, but it's been good hoops. So you can't complain. And, you know, seeing Shea continue to dominate Canada doing their thing, which I, is that what we're getting into first, right? Absolutely. man. We right. got to talk about team Canada and the FIBA, FIBA competition. So in our last podcast, me and Dolan previewed the Canada versus Spain game to qualify for the quarterfinals. And wouldn't you know it, Team Canada qualified for the quarterfinals. Shea was dominant in that one, put up another 
30-point performance uh, against Team Spain, who was one of the favorites coming into, you know, the FIBA competition to win the entire World Cup. And not only the Canada qualifier quarterfinals by beating them, but they sent them home from the quarterfinals too. So, um, yeah, set up a matchup of the heavyweights this morning. With Shea versus Luka Doncic, Team Canada versus Team Slovenia. And, I mean, yeah, fellas, let's get right into it. So, I mean, single large item. Alex, you said you wanted to talk about FIBA. You said that this is the first full game you got to watch. Sound yeah. off, man. Oh, I'm just – I'm completely giddy, pun intended, but completely <laughs> giddy, that SGA is dominating. Like, this is not SGA just doing okay or, you know, scoring a, a ho-hum 18 points here. That No, he is putting Team Canada on his back. He is out there putting up 30-point games, 10 rebounds. You know, he's out there dominating, like completely dominating on a stage where this is not just the NBA. This is, you know, this is FIBA. This is world play where, like, you're playing for your country and all these other teams you know, like the Slovenias, the Spains, the Frances of the world, you know, when it comes time for Pete FIBA play, that's when they come out. You know, that's when Patty Mills comes out and shows out. That's when uh, – uh, who's the baldy that plays for New York and plays for France? Um, oh, what's his name? Fournier. Yeah, that's Fournier. when he comes out, you know, and it puts up big numbers. You know, last year you had Markinen putting up big numbers. Um, and so people come out to play. Like, it's not – these aren't exhibition games. These are games for pride. And – SGA is showing out like I saw, I finally saw a game. I saw the game today um, and it was just like, he was dominant. He was completely dominant. And I just can't say anything else. Like, and, and I don't know if it was my, on my part where I was maybe expecting him not to be this dominant. I was, I don't know why I, I don't know why I short sight SGA sometimes, <laughs> but he's putting me on notice. He's putting me on record as far as like, dominant player and he's becoming a dominant player he has this 15 to 18 you know um sideline fadeaway that looks like michael jordan out there he has you know he, he has the herky jerky moves he's getting to the free throw line you know getting to the free throw line free throw line is not a it was not a freak thing from last year he's using that in fiba he's getting to the free throw line and making all of his free throws again uh, what was he today like 14 to 16 14 and 16, yep. Yeah, 14 to 16, man. Like, freaking in a FIBA game. Like, you hardly ever see that in a FIBA game. And he went out there and, and completely dominated Luka Doncic. Like, I know Luka got, you know, he got put in the uh, in the Dorcha chamber and the Brooks chamber, um, and that's difficult on its own. But Luka has dominated other players, you know, other teams before in the NBA and in, in FIBA competition, and, and SGA was the best player out there. So, completely – I'm 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 completely 100% happy that he has shown out and it makes me even more excited for the start of this season and and you know what mm-hmm. we get to see from him coming into the season. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. That is the, that is the was, lowest of the lowest fruits. Yeah, there's nothing lower you can go for. But I mean, not much else you're going to talk about. Uh, I can talk about Lou Dort in a moment, but yeah, first I want to talk a little bit about Shay. Like you said, FIBA is a bit different than NBA hoops. And I remember after, I think it was one of the first two scrimmages, Shea didn't play phenomenally well. He was a bit inefficient. It looked like he was, you know, just getting himself warmed up. Like he wasn't back ready in that hoop rhythm again. And I saw a couple of tweets 
people being like, Shea's about to be exposed. His game isn't going to translate over to FIBA. Like, there's no refs to save him now. That was a sentiment I saw a lot across NBA Twitter. It's a sentiment I saw going into FIBA competition. It's one that's been all across the you know, the platform ever since the season ended is that Shea's not that good. He's overrated. He's a foul merchant, this, that, everything. Like, I hope if people still think that, or I guess what I mean to say is, I don't know how you still can think something like that. He's going out there in, in the NBA. He's drawing free throws. He's finishing efficiently. He's dominating. He's going into FIBA competition where people are like, oh, it's more physical. There's all these different rule changes. Refs aren't going to give you this and that. He's still drawing contact. He's still playing efficiently. He's playing high-level defense. It's just like you plopped him straight over from the NBA to FIBA. There's been no adjustment period at all for Shea. He's been the best player in this global tournament where some of the best players in the world play, like out of anybody, he's going to win the tournament MVP almost assuredly, unless like, I can't even think of anybody else left that would take it away from him because none of the team USA guys are going to go that crazy. Uh, Germany, Serbia. I don't think it's anyone that's going to take it from him. Dennis Schroeder really mm-hmm. struggled today. He shot like four of 26 from the field Insane. and they still won. So Germany versus USA is also going to be really fun, but I mean, he is just, he's taken over. Like Alex said, against Luka Doncic, who's one of his top competitions at the guard spot, his all-NBA first-team teammate, he was the better player on the floor. Luka is a better player overall, in my opinion, but today, Shea was the better player. And I think that's something Alex is waving his finger at me now. I don't know, like, I think Shea can get to that point for sure, where he is, like, the best player in the world. He's an MVP. And I think it's rapidly approaching. Like, I think Dylan said before the FIBA tournament, we were doing like hot takes or predictions or stuff. Dylan said his take after this tournament was that Shea over Luca was going to be an opinion that wasn't that crazy, if I remember correctly. I did say that. Like, I I still believe Luca is better. I'm going to put bias aside and everything like that. (laughs) But Shea certainly like makes, he's beginning to push further, further into people's minds as like, hey, you talk about the top guards in the NBA. You talk about like your Stephs. You talk about your Lucas, your Damian Lillards. You have to mention Shea Gilgis-Alexander in that conversation amongst probably the most stacked the guard position has ever been, in my opinion. When you take a look at the talent out there, Shea is one of those top guys. And like Alex was saying, I'm so amped for the season because of the way Shea has been playing. Like I keep thinking about how many wins we can get and people predicting, and I'm trying to temper expectations because I don't want to go out and say we're going to win like 50-something games and we only end up playing like mid-40s because the West and the NBA in general are really tough. Other teams are going to progress. But damn, watching Shea out there play makes me think, okay, we're going to go 83-0, and win the midseason tournament, and not lose a single game in the playoffs. Like That's how amped I get watching Shea. And there were a couple of times today watching the game where it was I had those moments where it's like, damn, this guy is on the thunder, which is just – it's absurd. It's a feeling like I haven't felt since you know we are watching like MVP Russ out there, where it's like we're so lucky we have this guy as the franchise player. That's the stuff that Shea's been doing in FIBA and the stuff that he's going to continue to do going forward. It's just cool to see him silence all those narratives like that. The second FIBA starts, they're all gone. Yeah. So I, I do want to say I, when you said, you know, when you said Luca over SGA and I waved my fingers because you said he was an overall better player. Oh, okay. and I want to go and I, and I want to go ahead and say that, you know, SGA plays both sides of the ball. That's you fair. Know, there was yeah. the third, the third, the third quarter. You know, we were all expecting, hey, we're, we're expecting third quarter Shea to come out here and, and dominate. And he did dominate, but he dominated in a different fashion. He got like three rebounds and a steal right off the bat. And he was able to push in transition to get his teammates involved. And that's what, you know, burst the floodgates and caused that lead to balloon 
for Canada in that third quarter. It wasn't necessarily SGA scoring, even though he had, you know, he did score a little bit in that third quarter, but I think his defense, he had like two steals and like four rebounds in that quarter. And that helped to propel Canada to, to, you know, bust the floodgates and expand their lead in that third quarter. Yeah. He opened up that quarter with like, um, like immediately, like as soon as they inbounded the ball, Luke could try to skip past in the corner and Shay read it perfectly. Mm -hmm. Stole the ball, kicked it to RJ in transition. Of course, RJ didn't finish, but RJ ended up having a good game. So one thing I do want to say real quick is the playmaking from Shay. That's been one of the big things that's jumped out. The passes and the reads he's made, especially on double teams like today, you saw it a lot. Shay should have had so many more assists. Like you just mentioned, the one where RJ didn't finish at the basket. And shout out to RJ. He had a good game today overall. But like there were so many moments where Shay's making some reads and some passes that I feel like we don't usually see from him. And I think that's a, a logical next evolution in his game is, you know, he can dominate you scoring wise, you know, he can play make, but teams are going to keep sending those doubles. They're going to send a lot of pressure and being able to read those and make the right reads, which he's been doing all FIBA competition is going to be huge for the Thunder this season. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, just talking about, you know, what he was able to do today, like going into the game, like, it, it, he was on fire from jump. Like, he probably could have gone for 50 if he wanted to in this game because he hit his first four shots um, all in the mid-range, just absolutely killing it. One was just an absurd move where he did um, – he spun uh, to his right, collected himself to the crossover, spun to his right again, pull up mid-range. Like, you know, whenever we're talking about the deepest bags in the league and um, – or Obi Toppin was asked on, uh, what was it? Uh, I guess the title um, podcast or whatever. And they said, you know, who has a deeper bag between Luka Doncic and SGA? And he's like, yeah, it's Shea. And, you know, people scoffed at that. Like somebody in the video even like acted like he was getting up and leaving because it was such an absurd take. But like, if you watch this game, like this is just a small sample size. There's levels of this. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Luka's got a bag. He's got some bully ball in him. He's got a little, you know, obviously he's a good ball handler, but like, Shay is so creative in how he, mm-hmm. you know, gets into the lane and open floor. Shay's one of the most dangerous players in the league. He got a rebound today. Um, I, it literally felt yeah, like he crossed court, the whole thing. Yeah. Had the behind the back. Had old buddy staggering and like Shay, Shay just gave just like a half of a hezzy to freeze the guy, you know, at the at the key and just like walk to the to the layup. And I think that was his only like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he no, could have jumped easily. Too much energy, but um, <laughs> no, I think that was like his only bucket in the third quarter. I'm like, what? What I think is so special about Shea is, like I said, he could have gone for 50 in this game. He could have been selfish. He could have took over and just, you know, carry Canada to the finish line. But as we've seen in him, his time in OKC, he is dedicated to keeping his teammates in rhythm. He's dedicated to keeping his teammates involved throughout the game. Quick eight points. Uh, actually, I think he might have had 10 points uh, going into the second quarter. I think he got to the line ones. So quick 10 points coming into the first quarter. Barely shot the ball at all. He ended up with 13 points going into the halftime, and I think those other three points were at the foul line as well. Um, didn't look for a shot at all in the second quarter. Was moving the ball, trying to get his teammates involved. Nah had a really good game. Uh, Dort had a really good game. Obviously, RJ had a really good game. And I think a lot of this is because Shea – Made it as mentioned. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, he, he did all right from three. And also, like, okay. can, 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 we just, can we just say, like, Dylan Brooks is really impressive at adjusting at the basket. Like, he's got, like, the the dunk to layup package, like, in 2K. Like, it, it's insane. 
Like he's he's got crazy finishing ability. But no, I'm I've been very impressed by Shea. Obviously, like and it, it, it you know it was awesome in the Spain game because we got to see him hit not a game winner, but really like the dagger shot, you know, like in crunch time. And not just that, like just carrying the team. I think he scored or assisted on like the last 13 points or something like that. And then you go into this game against Slovenia and a heavyweight player like Luka Doncic and not just outduel him, but bring your teammates along with you. And I, I think that's one of the most special things about Shea. And, you know, the last thing I got to say, Alex kind of touched on it, but, you know, in the fourth quarter, Whenever Luca got ejected, I think Canada was up 16 after Shea's technical free throw. Slovenia started surging back. They got seven run. Yeah, yeah, they had momentum and they brought it back to I think like what seven at one point. Yeah, I, yeah, I think nine might have been the lowest. It was nine, around nine. nine yeah, so. nine, yeah, yeah, nine, nine or seven. But yeah, yeah, you know, they, they was within single digits at one point, and you know, Canada was like close to 20 points, you know, a lead in the fourth quarter, but. They brought it back to nine, and Shea wasn't shooting. Again, wasn't aggressive, like was spreading the ball out, you know, keeping his teammates involved. And, you know, they got to nine, and Shea was just like, all right, F this. And he drove in, pull up midi, gets fouled, made the shot, and won. Dude's him. Like, dude's 100% him. And he mm. and he ends the game. I think he got, like, three rebounds in, like, the final, like, two minutes. Because, yeah, you know, yeah I mean, secure – yeah, and secured all of those rebounds, huge. ended up with 10 rebounds on the game, led Team Canada, and, you know, just, just goes to show you, man, like, when you're talking about all-around basketball player, Shea is in the very short yeah. list for best in the world. Yeah, he's absolutely him. Yeah. Showing the world, he is Hamternational. Ooh, that's a new one. That was good. That's nice. I like um, that one. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the clutch play. Like you said, he hit the dagger shot because they were really surging back. Like, I was getting a little nervous because they went up 16 after Shea's technical free throw. And that the commentary the guy is insane. Yeah, he was drilling threes. I was te- – every time he touched the ball, I was terrified. And I looked at something. So, he is not a shooter. Is he like, not? <laughs> if you take a look at his stats, I can't remember. Someone sent it in, like, one of the Thunder Group chats I'm in. Every other se- like every full season, he shoots like 33, 32, 34% from three. In FIBA play, he's shooting 50%. So he's just lights out in FIBA for some reason. But in like his normal like league seasons, I'm not sure. He's the Dylan he Brooks of their team. <laughs> he is he was a sniper. Like every time he touched the ball, I was terrified. But apparently, according to this other person, I again can't remember who it was. He does not normally shoot like this, but in FIBA. He just lights up. It's like Patty Mills, like FIBA Patty Mills kind of stuff, where he just becomes Dallas dominant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shout out to Thunder Legend Burton say who shot six of ten, six of eleven from deep. He missed. I think the he one ended up six of thirteen. Yeah. How oh, did he miss a couple shot. at the end? Yeah. He was he was six of ten at one point, mm-hmm. but yeah. Shout out to him. Almost pushed them over. Thunder hey. Legend Dennis Schroeder and Jeremy. Dennis Schroeder had a really big block. I do want to say. Oh, I do want to say like. Like people are, are kind of like crapping on Bertans for for the shot that he shot. Hey man, Berton, you know, KYP know your, your personnel. Like Bertans is not a driver. He's not a uh, he, he's not a distributor. So when he shot that shot, it was a good shot. You know, it was a good shot. I I, I if I'm team Latvia, I would live with that shot every day. Um, so yeah, it was just it was a good shot, man. Six of ten, six of thirteen. I'm just asking for one. If more he shoots six of thirteen on the Thunder. Most games, 
Yeah, keep that contract. Keep him. Keep him here. If he's gonna give us some six three games for sure, I'll take that. Yeah, I yeah, just I just wanted cool. one more step. Like I thought it was a little bit deep, and there was obviously time left on the clock. Like just one, maybe two more steps. He just shot it. And I was, and There's I was no in the back of my mind. I was like, I was like Kobe. Like it just seemed like one of those shots. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, I gotta say before we close out uh, this this FIBA play, uh, I just want to read off Shea's stats because like it's worth noting, thirty one points. He he had an eighty one point four true shooting percentage, which is absurdity. Stupid. Uh, Ten rebounds, four assists, one turnover, two steals, and you know he's him, man. He's him. And like we said, um, oh you know, and I've also just wanted to throw out there that's thirty one points on twelve shot attempts the entire game too. So uh, that's that that is uh, <laughs> that is top notch efficiency, people. So. Uh, but yeah, like we said, Team Canada yeah. plays Team Serbia on Friday morning, 4:40 a.m. And I just got to say, I, I tweeted this. I'm salty about it. We were robbed. We were robbed of the opportunity to see Shea and Dort versus Mišić and Poku versus in the Australia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we we yeah. were robbed of it, but now we yeah, you know, we, we don't even have Jokic. We we got to play against Jovic and Bogdan Bogdanovic, so it'll be it'll still be a fun game. They still got some players out there, so yeah. looking forward to it. But uh, I think we're all predicting a Canada W. Yep, I mean Canada's win the gold. Canada's winning the gold. So. Yes, I'm with you. I'm with you. Are we predicting of a course. Canada U.S. final? Oh, I need Canada. it. I, I need the I need the Canada U.S. final. I yes. need Shea to take that. If Shea takes some Team USA, I'm pushing some disgusting hey, narratives. Hey. Yeah. Well, I mean the the final boss the final boss is going to be the Ann Edwards. Mm-hmm. The final boss should have been should have been Luca, but the final boss, you know, in the tournament is going to be Ann Edwards. Yep, that's fine. Anyway, Tyrese. All, all these other great guards, Shea's going to take them all down. I'm feeling it. Also, I want to give a shout out to Lou Dort. Uh, hit a couple of threes today, two of four. They were threes that came when Canada was kind of like jockeying for position with Sylvania before they kind of pulled away. Uh, also played some great defense on Luca. He got the stop on Luca that caused him to complain to the ref for the final time and get ejected for his second technical foul. He decided that he would rather not play basketball anymore than be defended by Lou Dort. So, yeah, shout out to the Dortcher Chamber. Yeah, Dort Dort was good, and he he also he also had some moments. I don't know how many turnovers he ended up with. Um, he had three three turnovers. They were some mind numbing turnovers. Very very <laughs> upsetting. But it was like he came in and he hit two threes immediately, and then he stepped out of bounds. It's like, why Dort? Why? But it's all good. Shout out Lou Dort. He did he did do great, and it's awesome to see. You know, Team Thunder representing uh, on the world stage. But uh, we are going to get into our season projections, including the Thunder, after a word from our sponsors. And we're back from that break. So just like in our last podcast, um, if you listened, if you haven't, go back and listen. There was a lot of fun discussion. It was me and Dolan on a late night pod, and we did predictions for the top 10 seeds in the East and the West, including your Oklahoma City Thunder. Now we have two new players up to bat, and we're going to be asking them that question as well. Now, this is this is a makeup test because they didn't do their work on Friday, but 
Here they are. Um, we're going to let Alex go first because I know Alex is on a ticking time bomb right here. So, Alex, we're going to start with the east, and then we'll work our way west here. So, uh, top ten, man. All right, so east, top ten. Uh, so, number one, I got Boston. Mm-hmm. I did as well. Yeah, I think they're going to come in on a mission this year, um, and and so that's gonna that's gonna translate to wins in the regular season. So I do think they're going to have the best record in the East. Um, number two, I got Milwaukee. Number three, I got Cleveland. Mm. Number four, I got I got Cone's current home team. I got the New York Knicks. Uh, number five, I got Philly. Six Miami, seventh Indiana, uh, eight Brooklyn, yeah, nine Chicago, and then ten. I got the Oklahoma City of this upcoming season. I got Orlando at number ten. Mm-hmm. I feel that man. Yeah, I uh, I had the Pacers. I don't remember where I had them, but I had them in the top ten. And Dolan was like, "Yeah, I just think they're going to be bad." <laughs> no, like- I think they're going to be pretty good. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. I think uh, I think Jarris Walker, Miles Turner is going to be a lot of fun on defense, and Tyrese Halliburton, one of my favorite players in the league. So, uh, absolutely excited to see them play. Uh, Cone, real quick on the East, what did you have in your top ten? Man, this is hard. This will probably change before the season starts. But what I have right now is Celtics one. I'm also a big believer in what they did. I think the Kristaps trade is huge for them. Mm-hmm. I think they win over 60 games. Mm-hmm. If they stay healthy, that's a concern. Two, I'm going to go Bucks. So, and like Alex, I'm going to start with Cavs at three. So I'm going to have that same top three. Oh, I'm man. a big believer, big believer in Cleveland. Four, I do have the Sixers. <clears throat> I don't know what's going to happen with James Harden, but I have a feeling he's going to sit out for a bit. Five, I have the Knicks. I have the Heat at six. This is assuming Dame, like right now, as they are at the moment if Dame doesn't get traded there, because we'll see what happens with Dame. Mm-hmm. Have them at six. Seven, I have the Hawks. Um, mm. It's it's so shaky here. Eight, I think I'm going to go with the Pacers, too. I believe in the Pacers. I'm yeah. a Pacers believer. Um, as much as you love Jairus, you got to. I, I Yeah, I'm a big Jairus guy. I'm also a big Tyrese guy. Um, nine, I'm going to go Chicago. And... 10 in between the Bulls and the Nets. I'm going to go with the Bulls. I think the Nets' defense is going to be awesome. You just I think said Chicago awesome. at nine. Oh, I should. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Not them. Um, He's just Chicago at nine. Yeah. This is Chicago um, and then the Bulls at 10. Ra- Raptors, sorry. Between Rap- Raptors and Nets. Raptors yeah, and the Nets. red team. I feel you. I don't know where they're going to be at. I'm going to go with the Bulls. I'm going to go with the Bulls at 10. I just think losing losing Fred is they're going to struggle to have playmaking. Um, so I have the I have the Nets like just barely getting there. I think the again I think the defense between Bridges Simmons class I think it's going to be sick. I think the offense is going to be awful for Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really bad. Okay, so, so you have the Bulls at nine, Nets at ten. Uh, yeah, Bulls nine, Nets ten. Okay, yeah, 
I think you said it I, wrong I just, again, so I'm just going to say it wrong again. I just confused. I confused myself. I think I confused myself the first time, and I fell apart from there. So. It's all good. I was like, wait, did he just <laughs> it's all good. All right, yeah, I like that. Um, I, I can't remember exactly what I had. I know I had the Celtics at one, and I was listening back to part of my part of it, so I can kind of have it in my mind. I know I had the Pacers in there, I had the Magic in there, and I had the Knicks at three. Um, so. Mm. I feel I'm feeling pretty good about the Knicks. You know how I feel about, you know, reuniting college teammates. And, you know, they added another uh, stone to the infinity with Dante DiVincenzo. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be fun times. Bing bong in New York. So, uh, Alex, we're back to you on the Western Conference, sir. Actually, before you do that, before you do that, who do you guys have coming out of the East? I'm sorry. Uh. I have, you know, so I have Boston. The caveat that if Dane goes to Miami, I have Miami. Okay, I'll yeah. allow it. As as it currently stands, without the Dame trade being there, I'm going. I'm also going Boston. All right, I th- I think. I think Dolan went Boston, and then I was like, "Well, I can't pick what you picked, so I picked Milwaukee." So, yeah. I think it's one of those two teams right now. Those are the best two teams in the East at the moment. So, mm-hmm, for sure. All right, Alex. Now you can go to the West. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. At the moment, yes. All right. So West uh, number one, I have Le Champions. I have Denver at number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I got Sacramento. Oh. Number three, I got Memphis. Uh, number four, yeah, number four, I got Phoenix. Uh, number five, I have Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, number six, I have the Thunder. Seven, I have Golden State. Eight, New Orleans. Nine, Minnesota. And then 10, Dallas. Okay, so six seed for the Thunder from Alex. Um, all right. Yeah, I, I will. I will hold any other judgment until I hear Cones. I wanted to tell you uh, what Dolan and me said about a couple of them. So, Cone, what do you got in the West? Man, I don't know. I really don't know. This conference is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm have the I'm have the Nuggets at one. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it. I don't know if I think there's a chance they don't get one because I don't know if they're gonna take the regular season that seriously. But all three teams that I think are the best in the West at the moment, I don't think they will. So I'm, I'm going to put the Nuggets at one. I'm going to put the Lakers at two. Uh, Suns at three. And then from there, I have like no clue. Um, <laughs> four, I'll go with Golden State. I'll tr- Or do I want to go with Golden State? Because I don't know if the Chris, I don't know how the Chris Paul things are going to work. I see, really don't know. See, like, see, really like on my list, I have Bill. Ten that teams like Lakers, Golden State are not going to treat the are not going to treat the regular season <clears> seriously. <throat> while teams like Sacramento, Memphis, Oklahoma City, I do think they're going to treat you know the, the regular season very seriously. So that's what that's that's how my list kind of kind of shook out. That's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, I'll just I'll, I'll just stick with Warriors at four for the moment. I'm gonna have the Mavs at five. Ooh. I'm gonna have us at six. 
I'm between the Kings and the Grizzlies at seven or eight. I think the jaw thing is really going to hurt them at the beginning, and they're going to have all this gelling period, and it's going to be super weird. Plus, I have no clue what they're doing at the small four position. I have no idea who's playing that for them this season. So I think they're in for a bit of a, a drop, not because they're bad, but because the jaw thing throws me off. And the West is just really tough. I'm going to go Grizzly 7. I think the Kings dropped quite a bit. They were the healthiest team in the league last season. Mm-hmm. They didn't make any substantial improvements, and I worry a bit about the defense. So I'll have them. Yeah, so I'll do Grizzly 7, Kings 8, Timberwolves 9. But that feels so low for the Timberwolves. And they don't even have the Clippers in here yet. Um, let me do Clippers 9, Timberwolves 10. I'll do that. Man, you don't have the Thunder in the play-in? So you don't have New Orleans? Number 6. Oh, did you? Okay, my fault. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're good. I, I didn't have New Orleans in there. I just I think when healthy, they're one of the best teams in the West. I just can't trust that Zion's going to stay healthy. I just don't. Hey, think it's, it's, it's already it's already starting with them because uh, Trey Murphy suffered that. Uh, yeah, and Trey uh, Murphy, are, which sucks. I really thought mm-hmm. he was going to have a big season. I love Trey um, Murphy so much. Um. All right. Yeah. I. I'm sorry. I didn't hear you on the on the six seat there. So no, you're good. Um. First off, I think all of us had the Nuggets at one. Dolan had the Suns at one. And he, I don't he blame just, him. Yeah, he just feels like, you know, they're going to be really good. I'm like, you know, depth is kind of an issue for me. And, you know, the injury thing, like all of those guys aren't the most healthy people. And it's not like wishing for injury. It's just like, you know, history tells us that these guys are going to be injured. Like they're probably going to miss like 15 to 20 games. And so, you know, and like Alex was saying, because of that reason, they could not take the regular season super seriously. So I, I have qualms about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I can't remember, like, what all was different. So one thing that I specifically said, I have the Timberwolves at the sixth seed. Um, I'm buying an Anthony Edwards jump. I'm buying a Jay McDaniels jump as well. I think that he is a super important and slept on player there for the Timberwolves. Um, but let's talk about the Thunder really quick because you guys both had them at six seed. I, I think Dolan had them at four or five seed. No, Dolan had them at five seed, which was surprising to me because, you know, among all of us, Dolan's probably the most analytical, like logic driven guy. Um, but, you know, he has them at five. And I had them at the three seed. So heard, we heard that. Yeah. So I uh, so that that's where all of us are at. I had them at 51 wins. I think that this team is taking a huge leap. I think that I, I predicted that we will be top five defense, but we'll also be top 10 offensively just because of the pieces that we've added to this team, the spacing that's going to provide. Shea take another leap, Getty take another leap, Dub take another leap. Chet fitting like a glove. I think that people aren't ready for what the Thunder are going to do. So I guess as a three seed, 51 wins. Alex, you're about to leave. What is your record, and why do you have us in the spot you have us? Um, I have us with 47 wins. Um, and I just think, you know, the teams ahead of us are, are going to be – they're a lot more veteran-laden, so they're going to be a little bit better. Um, you know, a lot of those teams have – they have experience dealing with the regular season. Um, and so I do think that, you know, we're going to have our little bumps here and there. We're going to improve a ton, don't get me wrong, but we are going to have our bumps here and there throughout the season. Um, we're going to have, you know, hopefully we stay healthy, but even with health, I think they're going to, you know, they're going to be very careful with Chet. They're going to be very careful with Shea. Um, and so I, I do think that, um, you, know, we, you know, we end up with 47, so 47 wins. I feel it. I respect it. It's not too far off from what I said. 
Mm. No. Yeah, it's I, I want to go crazy. I want to say we're going to be like a top three seed, which honestly, I don't even think is that crazy. I think we could take that jump. I'm 100% mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's, I, I just don't think it's crazy. It's just with how tough the conference is, I think we're going to get a replica of what it was last year where everything is so close. Like, I think the difference between the two and like the nine yeah. seed could be like mm-hmm. four games in this conference. It's ridiculous. And so because of that, I think we're going to take a jump. I think Chet changes this team a lot. I agree with Dylan. I think we're going to be a top five defense. I think we're going to be right there on the cusp of a top 10 offense. I think we could be close to top 10 in both, which is typically a sign of like a championship caliber team or a mm-hmm. team that could make a deep playoff run. I think we've got that capability. I think we could pull off an upset of some kind in the first round. I don't, like by the time the season rolls around, I might even convince myself that we're going to be a top four, top five team. This is just where I'm at exactly in the moment. It's, it is just such a stack conference. Like, I want to say we're going to take this massive leap up to 50 wins. I just think it's really hard. Like, you talk about the um, West last year. The Nuggets won 53, and they were, like, clearly the best team in the West, like, the entire season. They won 53 mm-hmm. games. I think it's going to be close again. So, I'm going to say we take a – I've been, been between, like, 46, 47. I'm going to say we jump up to 46 wins. I'm going to stick there. Uh, 46 and 36, grab the six seed, avoid the play-in tournament. Again, I just I think it's a really tough conference, and it will take some time for us to gel together with a couple of different pieces on the roster. We've got a lot of continuity, but like Michich coming in, you know, what do we look like with Chet? What does the rotation look like? I anticipate it's going to be quite a bit shorter this year because we now have some expectations after, you know, coming very close to making the playoffs, and it does feel like it could be a playoff year. But I wouldn't be surprised if they run out some longer rotations in the beginning of the season just to still feel out like, cause we still do need to figure out like what young players are part of this roster going forward. Like mm-hmm. even when we get to the end of the season, who can we rely on in big time moments? So I think that could lead to a longer rotation at the beginning of the season. We struggle relatively to some other teams, but ultimately I think we're going to be fine. Um, yeah. When you have a player like Shea, I feel pretty good about making the playoffs plus improvement from the other guys, which is the big variable. Does Giddy take this massive leap? Does J-Dub take it? What does Chet look like as a rookie? We've got all these variables too that make me a bit more uncertain compared to some of these other teams where I kind of know what I'm getting with them. So yeah, I think we do take that jump. We avoid the play-in tournament, but I don't think it's insane. Again, by the time the season rolls around, I might convince myself otherwise because if, if Shea leads Team Canada to uh, you know, the World Cup title, at the end of this thing, maybe I'll convince myself we're the one seat or something crazy. Yeah, no, I, I feel that, man. And, you know, it it reminds me, like, you know, whenever you look at teams that have taken, like, a massive jump. Um, like, you know, the first example was, um, you know, the Thunder. Like, you know, we went from an eight seed one year, and then the next year, I think, what, we were, like, a two seed, a three seed? Yeah. yeah I, think it was, I think it was two. Yeah, so I mean that's that's one example, and then you have the play-in era where the Memphis Grizzlies were a nine seed one year, and the very next year they took a massive jump, and they were the two seed in the Western Conference. So like, it's not. I mean, and, and look at the Sacramento Kings; like, they yeah. went from not even in the play-in picture to a three seed in the Western Conference. So like, you know, it's not unheard of to see these teams take massive jumps. And a lot of it's just having the right pieces in place. And mm-hmm. I believe based on what we've seen, and we still haven't seen, you know, a lot of this, like 
you know, a lot of the core play together, but like based on their skill set, based on their personalities, based on their tendencies, I feel like we have the right pieces in place. And once they get on the court, I, I, I legitimately think we're going to like <laughs> even shock ourselves. Like, I, I don't even think that we fully understand what this team is capable of. Um, you know, once they get things going, I do agree. I think that we, you know, we can start out slow, but you know, again, using history as our teacher two years ago, the Boston Celtics were like, what, like a seven or eight seed going into the new year. And then they rattled off like this crazy um, mm-hmm. record, you know, for the rest of the games. And they ended up the one seed or two seed. So, I mean, two seed. yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, there's that, that's still a possibility. I can a hundred percent see that in this team, you know, cause like you said, you know, we still have a lot of young players on the roster and Mark Dignall was playing long rotations. And I could see us kind of doing that early on in the year, specifically like the NBA cup, you know, that could be kind of like a feeling out period of like, okay, how do these young guys do in these big moments? And, you know, you kind of do that throughout the first part of the year, but once the new year hits or even, you know, closer to the all-star break, I think you're going to see the short rotations start to shorten a little bit, you know, into more important games. And I think we're going to see this team really, you know, hit a new level. And that's, that's what I'm projecting. And I get it. Like I'm, I'm a much more optimistic person than a lot of people. Uh, I, I tend to look at the good in things of, of a lot of things. I'm like, I, I, I'm a hype. Uh, I'm a hype engine. Like, you know, I will, I generate hype and I build off hype and I feed off the hype. So like, I get that's all true, but like, you know, that's just what I feel. Yeah. And I like, if you had said last year that Thunder going to 50 games, I think everyone would have called you crazy. Mm. I don't think it's crazy to think no. that we win 50 games at all. Like again, by the time the season rolls around, I might convince myself I'm trying to remain level headed. I don't want to get too crazy. I don't want to get too hyped because these past few years, it's been like, Oh, exceeding expectations, doing this, doing that. If I, I don't want to put my expectations too high on a young team that still probably has some growing pains to go through in, a, in one of the most loaded conferences I've ever seen, especially because like we don't know what's going to happen. Last year, and this is something else that makes predicting the standings in the West so hard, la- going into last season, if you said that the Mavericks were going to miss the plan entirely, people would have called you an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like They would have thought you were crazy. No one would have expected Luka misses some games. Then they trade for Kyrie and just completely suck after that. Like People would have called you crazy. People would have, probably would have called you crazy if you said the Kings were going to be the three seed in the Western Conference. Yep. Like You can never predict stuff like that. You really don't know in the NBA in general, but in this Western Conference in particular, you've just got no idea. Plus, there's, of course, like the Dame trade that still has to happen, and there's a lot of all-stars that could be moved around the deadline, and we don't know what certain teams are going to do. So just it complicates everything. So predicting standings is impossible. Like I, feel, I went through those standings that I wrote up really quickly earlier. I hate them. The more that I look at them, I absolutely <laughs> hate the predictions that I made. It's going to be hard. Every year before the season, I do like my full on YouTube, like official predictions video. It might be one of my most disliked videos of all time when I go through that Western Conference. Man. It's going to be bad because I have no clue. Because I'm going to pick really it is the teams that finished 1 through 11 last year. One of those teams not making the play-in tournament feels insane to me. And it's probably just going to come down to health. Like yeah. what team is the healthiest? So, and the Pelicans were the team that I left off because I just don't know if they're, I mean, Trey Murphy's already hurt. He's so. already hurt. You got Zion. B.I. has not been the most healthy person yeah, you know, in the past few years. C.J. McCollum's getting older. 
Yeah, I think CJ McCollum, he's been hitting some regression. I think it's going to hit kind of hard this season for him. Yeah, that's um, that's rough for him. But, yeah, no, I, I absolutely see it, man. But, no, like, obviously, like, we're all excited for this Thunder season. Um, but it, it it's something that it's not just the fans that are feeling it. Like, the national media are, you know, really feels like they're starting to buy in. Like, specifically on the mm-hmm. timeline, you know, seeing, you know, how how much praise and, and how many eyes and how much attention Shea's getting. Um, I, I think people are starting to buy in. And, you know, not just Shea. Like, you know, Lou Dort in the big moments. Josh Giddy in his big moments and his FIBA World Cup, um, you know, performances. And uh, freaking Davis Bertans in his shooting. Like, you know, people are starting to ask, like, okay, what's what does this look like with Shea and Josh Giddy creating? Like, we haven't mm-hmm. seen something like this. Sure, he had Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill in Washington. Um, but and you know, he played with Luka Doncic, but like having two highly efficient creators continuously driving at the basket, like, you know, that was Bertons is gonna could be like a dangerous weapon for this team. So I mean, just everywhere you look, man, somebody else is providing, you know, a certain skill to push this team over the top. And I just can't wait, man. Like, you know, this FIBA World Cup's been a lot of fun and it's been a great um, substitute, you know, for the off season for like content and, you know, just like getting to watch basketball. But like, I- I'm tired of the Eptosh, man. I'm ready for the main course. Like, let's get there. Yeah. I-, I can't wait for this season. It, it has a feel about it where it's like, you know, we know the parody's high and it's especially exciting for Thunder fans. Cause this could be the breakthrough year. I don't know. You've also got like the in-season tournament that's coming around for the first time, which I I personally really like the idea of the in-season tournament. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be fun. I don't know if, how much players are going to care about it to start off, but you know you got to start somewhere. You might as well try something to get the regular season a bit more engaging for some casual fans. I don't know. I think it's going to be a fantastic year. This could be a big one for the Thunder. And yeah, I mean, I don't know where we finish in the standings. Again, it's going to change a lot by the time the season rolls around. We don't even know who's on the roster fully for the team yet like we still don't know what the final roster looks like so we'll see what ends up happening with that um but yeah i can't wait to see what happens and it's a shame that we're trying to make the breakthrough right as the western conference again like i said gets really really tough but there are like it's not like we're going in like the the heat of the golden state warriors when they were dominating the league or anything like that so at least it's not that era but like the nuggets are going to be around for a while the grizzlies the, the suns are really good now um but i mean i think pretty soon we're going to be amongst those teams it's just a matter of this year or is it like next year i think next year right off like i'm i'm feeling really we haven't even played this year next year is the one that i'm like shay's gonna win mvp we're gonna be in the finals like we'll see how this year goes but i'm feeling really good in particular about next season yeah so yeah this could be like the this could be like that year, um, you know, talking about the two seed Thunder. Like, I think they went to the Western Conference Finals that like first year or whatever, and it was like, okay, like that—that that was a massive jump. And then the next year, they went to the finals. It was just like a precursor for what was to come. So, I'm not saying we're making the Western Conference Finals this year, but that would be cool. Um, that would be cool. But yeah, no, I, I think that you know, like St. Press talked about, you know, making an arrival, not an appearance. Like, you know. <laughs> We kind of had our quote-unquote arrival last year in the playing game. Didn't go the way we wanted it to in the second, but I think this year we're really going to announce ourselves as a force in this league. So, mm-hmm. very excited to see it. First playoff game back in OKC. I'm there. I'm, I'm going to be. I'm going to be there. 100. percent 
I would love to be there, but there's no way I'm going to be able to get there. We'll find a way. Yeah, drop of the hat and playoff tickets. Like, hey, go fund me. I got y'all. I'm I'm, I'm shooting a DM to the Thunder. There we go. I I need I need that cone VIP experience. Get get Dylan to the first playoff game. I'm gonna do whatever I can to be there. I was ready. If we beat the Timberwolves, I was going to like rapidly plan an OKC trip as fast mm-hmm. as I could. I was going to have to take a look at prices because they might have been insane, but I was I was going to try to make it happen. I so. think that I was going to try to do that as well, but uh, yeah, now now it's a little bit more difficult. But hey, it's it's all good, man. Um, hey, before we get off here, I do got to ask. Jerry was supposed to be on here, and we was going to discuss this, and I guess he could still be on Friday. But I want to get your opinion because, obviously, I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Jerry's a San Francisco 49ers fan, and they are matching up week one of the regular season mm-hmm. on Sunday. And so I wanted to ask you as an innocent bystander, what is a good wholesome bet that me and Jerry could do on this game? A good wholesome bet. I mean, I always think like a profile pick change is good if you want to go with something kind of like that. Or... See, he said that, but like, will that mess with my with my verify thing? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know to be honest. I, yeah, I know. I know there is something with like changing it and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, you could just do like a. You could just do, do like a, a sappy post or something like that. Like if like if the Steelers lose, you could be like. Like ah, Steelers lose, but shouts to the 49ers. They're like the best team in the NFL. I think Brock Purdy. Like just going, like going a little tangent, like this long, like 200 character post about how great the 49ers are, or something like that. I, I have Twitter blue. I can make it even longer. I could just write there a whole soliloquy on the San Francisco 49ers. All there right. you go. And Jerry can Jerry can do the same thing if the Steelers win. I feel like that's that's a good one. I'm trying to think of anything else that's that you could one. go with, but something like that or. I was gonna say like buy the other person like a piece of the other team's merch or something like that, like a hat or a shirt or something like that as well. But yep. that there's less public humiliation in that, which I feel like is the, the fun <laughs> of this. So you gotta buy it and then you gotta take a picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. Yeah. There's no humiliation. In that you're right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jerry said he has an idea. I don't know what it is yet, but if um, Jerry has the idea, it's terrifying. Yeah. I know. I was like, okay. Well, uh, what was it? I was like. I'm not betting money <laughs> and I'm not doing anything to compromise my morals. And he's like, it's okay. I got something. It's like, all right, Jerry, we'll see. He, yeah. He's like, okay, streak, go to the Pittsburgh and streak the next Steelers. <laughs> if you buy my ticket, we'll talk. But yeah. No. And you, you wear a shirt with Jerry's face on it. Oh God. Oh God. And yeah. the 49ers hat. Oh yeah. Nothing but a 49ers hat. Only the 49ers hat and a flag with Jerry's face on it. That, that, would, that would be something. That would be yeah. something. If you're looking for wholesome ideas, that's the one I've got for you. So you're yeah. welcome. I mean, hey, in terms of wholesome, like it's it's the best idea we got. But uh, Cone, you took part in my Elimination League fantasy football draft this weekend. I did. Uh, how, how do you feel about it? How did you feel about the whole concept? It's a cool one. I'd feel a lot better if Cooper Cup was playing and not <sighs> – threat a threat to land in the ir but you know we'll see what happens so for those of you that don't know um i joined this elimination league with dylan which is pretty much like every week whoever scores the least points is just knocked out of the league entirely mm-hmm. and all the players go to free agency and you've got like this pool of money you can use to like bid on players to like bring onto your team 
and stuff like that, like each you know week after someone's eliminated. So individual matchups don't really matter. It's just don't mm-hmm. be the last person in the league each season or each week. And I was projected to score the most points in the league. <laughs> like first week, I felt really good about my draft. The team isn't great because there's 19 people in the league, which is absurd. Yeah. But I felt pretty good. And then Cooper Cup, who was still on the board when I got to like my 23rd overall pick, I'm like, I have to take him. So I took him and now he's out. So that hurts me a little bit. Um, but I'm going to hope that the other guys that I picked up can do well. I'm seeing a couple more cues on this roster. I'm going to need that to <laughs> not be the case. That's all it takes, man. Like, yeah, hey, even if they play, like, you know, just just one one little injury, like, you know, they're, they're healthy, but, like, they just need to sit out the rest of the game. And, and like, your season's over in that league. Like, that's – Yeah, that's – that's the problem because right now I put um, Marquise Brown in at my second wide receiver spot instead Oklahoma of legend. Up. Yeah, he's questionable right now. Apparently, his hamstring injury is lingering a little oh, bit. Oh no, not the hammy. So, we'll see. Uh, not to mention DJ Chark, who did not practice today. <laughs> so there's a real chance I'm knocked out of this league week one because no one wants to play football. So uh, feels I'm bad. gonna have to. I guess I'll have to pick up backups if that's the case. So we'll. I- yeah, and there's there's not a lot to go around because we did nope. 16 rounds and there's 18 people. I think yeah. I did the math. That was like 262 picks. So not a lot to go around there. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you you know if you guys are into fantasy football, you're into elimination, uh, and, and you think the elimination league sounds cool, and you have questions, DM me. I'll be happy to you know I'll be happy to let you know. Cone did a phenomenal job of explaining that. By the way, like I can't tell you how many times I still have to explain to people who was in the league last year. You know the rules of it all. So, uh, Cone being a rookie, you know, jumping in year one, like, hey, spot on, man. Well, I might only last a week, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> although I am checking projections, I'm definitely not the, I'm definitely not in last in terms of projections right now, which is nice. That's all that matters. Um, there is someone who has a suspended player in their starting lineup. I won't be the one to say anything. So <laughs> that's ho- hopefully he stays there. We'll see. Love that. Um, because I, I don't I don't need to win. I just need to not be last. Yep. And right now, according to projections, I'm pretty close to last. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Uh, uh, actually, I'm not. It's not too bad. I'm kind of like middle of the pack. I think I'd, I'd say I'm middle of the pack at the moment. But that's assuming that either one of my other two receivers play. Which right now, who knows if they actually will. The good yeah. news is in my other league. With my friends from back home, I've got a dynasty going. We've played for five years. I've won three of them, mm-hmm. so um, I'm I'm in the midst of one of the greatest fantasy football runs of all time. So hopefully that continues. So even if I'm humiliated in my elimination league debut, <laughs> at least I've got something else going for me. So uh, very, very nice, though, man. I won. Uh, it's God, I think it was like two, three years ago since my last. No, it was two years ago because Nova was in the hospital. Um, but I won three titles in four years. Um, Ooh. haven't, haven't won since, uh, Chelsea won last year. So shout out to Chelsea. Um, but this year turns around. Um, yeah, I've, I'm in like five different leagues and they're all like very different. I have, you know, mine that's auction with like a lot of rules. I have an auction league. That's not a lot of rules. I have the elimination league. I have a dynasty league, which is 12 team, 26 man roster. Insane. And then I have uh, one league I don't really care about. It's just my buddy, 10-team standard redraft league. So that's uh, that's my exposure to fantasy football. Uh, and Chelsea said I need to cut back next year. So we'll be cutting back to four drafts next year. But Oh, there you go. You're, 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 you're sadly bringing it down. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm taking I'm taking steps back. Um, my buddy that I draft with, I don't. I mean, you might have saw him in the draft. His name's Frank. He has like 13 leagues, and there's a lot of them. They're like money leagues. I'm like, dude, how do you keep up with it? No, I can't do that. I struggle when I, every year my friends and I try to play fantasy basketball. I always drop off. Nah, dude, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. Fantasy it's football I can do because it's a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. But if I've got like more than two. I think two leagues might be the most I've ever had going on. I think one time I tried to do three and one of them, I just stopped caring. Cause I was like, I cannot keep up with this. Mm-hmm. So two leagues is like all I can do. So fantasy basketball, like day to day thing hoops by far my favorite sport fantasy. I just can't do it. I try. I've had so many people DM me and be like, Hey, can you join my fantasy football league? Or, Oh, do you want to play fantasy basketball? And it's always like, I would love to, but there is no shot. I'm going to be able to keep up with that. I will just completely, I'll just take up a spot in the league. Like you do yeah. not want me there. So. No, I feel that man. It's, it's, it's a rough man. It's a commitment and it's a, there's a lot going on with it, but you know, you could be, uh, you could be very involved with like, you know, making trades and pickups and stuff, or you could just draft your team and kind of autopilot it from there and, you know, yeah. just set your lineup every week. But I, I don't think I've ever made a fantasy trade ever. I'm too <clears> terrified. Oh my gosh. Seriously. I, I've, yeah. like, I've never made a trade and Hey, I've won three titles in yeah. six years. So clearly I'm doing something right in the drafts, but yeah, I have one friend in the league who every time he trades you someone, they get hurt. No lie within two weeks. Oh, there was man. one, the year that Jonathan Taylor tours ACL, like the, or got that, whatever the significant injury was. I can't remember if it was like an ACL or an Achilles or something like mm-hmm. that. But the week before he traded him to someone else, he, for like a couple of other players and like within three days, he's out for the season. It's crazy so the kiss of death yeah so whenever that happens because also if i make a bad trade i will never forgive myself if i throw it away it's a strategy that's worked so far i'm i just don't make fantasy trades i don't do it unless you know in this elimination league if something crazy comes up and i just need you know if cooper cup continues to just not play football out of nowhere then maybe i'll be forced to make something happen but for right now my strategy is draft and pray which has worked out maybe get a, a good waiver wire pickup every now and again but yeah. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm just not, I'm not the, the trader that some general managers are. It seems like you are because you were shocked that I've never made a trade. Yeah. No, I love trading. Trading is one of the funnest things. And like, I, I'm not one of those guys that like to swindle. I'm not like a Sam Presti when it comes to fantasy football trades. I won't even approach you for a trade if I don't think it's mutually beneficial. But um, yeah, I, what a I good guy. To- yeah, I try to help out all parties out there, but um, no. And by the way, there's no trading in the elimination in the elimination leagues. So. Oh, so okay, my trend will continue. Because <laughs> I'm not trading the other league, I refuse. I can I will not give some any of my friends from back home the satisfaction of making a trade with me that helps them win their season. I will not let it happen. Yeah, that I will. I will crash and burn if I have to. <laughs> Self sabotage. I like it. Um, by the way, that was a preview in our new podcast topic, Fantasy Football, um, with your host, myself, and Connor, available on all podcast platforms. Just mm-hmm. kidding. Um, that would be fun, though. So, uh, But, yeah, no, that is, uh, that's it for Fantasy Football Talk. Um, that's it for Thunder Talk right now. Uh, you know, Next time we podcast will be Friday, after, and we will be talking about what happened in the Team Canada versus Team Serbia matchup and FIBA. In the wee hours in the morning, uh, we'll be talking about a Canada victory, another ham performance from Shea Gildas Alexander, and yeah, a lot, lot of fun, a lot more fun stuff, I think is what I was trying to say there. It's getting late. I'm getting tired. So uh, that is the sign in the pod, but I hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can, and as always.
Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter, at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.